Welcome to the Burden and Blessing Podcast, a study and discussion forum on the truth of God's Word. Our CPR series looks at certain topics that come up in life, and we attempt to discuss them in a way that relates to everyone. At times, we bring in the arguments of those opposed to the Word of God in order to practice contending for the faith that God gave His Church. It is our prayer that you will be equipped to give a defense for the truths of the Christian faith with humility and respect. Welcome back to the Burden and Blessing podcast. We are resuming our debate series. We have taken this opportunity to deal with particularly difficult topics or topics that might come up in conversation in your daily lives. And usually these are, they might be controversial or they might be difficult or maybe just something that is misunderstood. In our podcast today, we're going to be debating the issue of excommunication. Now, keep in mind that as we do this, we have two individuals that uh, both agree, but we're going to have one individual who's going to be taking the opposite or non-biblical approach. I'm Pastor Nathaniel Mayhew. Joining me today is Pastor Neil Radical. Pastor Radical will be taking the stance that excommunication is something that God has given and it is important. Pastor Mark Tiefel will be debating the opposite side and he'll be using some of the ideas of the world and saying, nope, we, we don't need excommunication. We need to get rid of it. Uh, we shouldn't be doing it. So these will be the two approaches that we're going to take. We'll give each one of these speakers an opportunity to uh, debate their side. We'll recap after each one of the first two rounds, and then uh, we'll summarize things or people will get their, their final rebuttal at the end. Once we're done with the debate itself, then we'll come back and uh, the individuals will both be able to evaluate the approaches that both they and their opponent then laid out. Are you ready for our excommunication debate? Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. All right, Neil, you have the opening word, two minutes. Well, Mark, I'd like to ask you a little bit more about this concept of excommunication because I think it's very often misunderstood, especially when we try to understand what the word communion means. So when it comes to excommunication, a lot of people misunderstand that and think that that means that that if you're removed from a congregation for whatever reason, it's always an excommunication. Excommunication is a lot more specific and it usually it's always going to have to do with someone who is unrepentant for a sin. So what I mean by unrepentant is they're disregarding God's moral law in the sense of commandments. They, they know what God's commandment says. It's been brought to their, their attention, but they don't want to follow through with it. And so Excommunication is really that tough love, admonition, discipline, chastising that we see in the Bible. In fact, you can think of it in verses like Hebrews 12, verse 5, where we're reminded, and you, have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons? My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. So excommunication is important because it ultimately is that tough love trying to show the child of God that disregards God's word, that what they're doing is very serious. They're rejecting the word of Christ, the word of the law, the word of the commandments, and they are needing that discipline because we want to direct them back on the narrow road to heaven and not wander away. So I think 
I'm hopeful that we can have a good discussion on this because I want to first of all show you that excommunication is a very biblical concept and it comes to that tough love in showing love like a parent would to a child and that's how the Lord speaks through his word that he's going to chasten us as his children and he's going to continue to bless us and help us to be directed in the right way they should go. Okay, Mark, you have two minutes to respond. I appreciate your introduction there, Neil. And I'm not disagreeing that most Christians would come from your perspective and have good intentions with excommunication um, and that and how they practice that that doctrine. I certainly sense the care that you that comes out in the way you describe it. The problem we have with excommunication is a problem in both practice and principle. And I'm gonna look at both of those elements just to try to explain what I'm getting at. In practice, if you look at the way excommunication is practiced and how it historically has been practiced, it's been used by Christians throughout the centuries to simply bully the opposition into their position. You look at, there's tons of examples from the, the popes of the Roman Catholic Church where they would simply excommunicate somebody that they didn't like. There was a pope that excommunicated an entire city in Italy the entire city of Florence in Italy because they didn't do what he liked. So it's, it's historically in practice, it's continually been used as a bully tactic. And you look at the way excommunication is used in the scriptures as well. I'm not doubting that God talks about it in the scriptures, but it was given to a very specific audience at a very specific time. And those factors don't mirror directly the way that we practice our faith today and the church that we have today. Um, and it was given to that audience in that context for a specific purpose at that time, not as an enduring law to be practiced in the church and to put others down whenever we feel like it. And Neil, you even mentioned that you want, you want excommunication to be seen as tough love. You said that a couple of times. You said you want it to be seen as kind of like the discipline that a parent shows a child. Well, when we look at the way that excommunication is practiced, is that how it's practiced? Does a parent kick their child out of the house if they make a mistake? Why would we then kick people out of the church? I mean, it, the, the, the examples don't mirror what we talk about in practice. And then in principle, we get into even deeper water there where as Christians, we say we emphasize the gospel, but then we kick people out of church. As Christians, we say we emphasize that Jesus forgives all people, but then we pronounce that someone's unforgiven. There's problems on both sides. Okay, there's our first round. We're going to enter into round two now, going back to Neil to begin with. He's going to have two minutes once again to reply to the arguments that were laid out by Mark or to bring up uh, additional arguments. Neil, you have two minutes. Yeah, Mark, I totally agree with you in the sense of there has been a total abuse of power throughout history. You know, when we talked about the biblical concept. I'm glad you agree that the concept of excommunication and discipline is important because as you mentioned, yeah, it is important for parents to discipline their children. And we can definitely see there's an abuse of power with that too. We know that Jesus said in Luke 13, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. So we know that repentance is a huge part of the church discipline. And Matthew 18 is where we get the teaching from Jesus himself historically on the practice of excommunication. Now you mentioned that, you know, the popes and others abuse that power, and that certainly is a temptation with power-hungry mankind. Luther was excommunicated, not just because they didn't like him, because of the teachings, and they 
did that because they wanted him out of the church. And we would disagree with how they went about doing that. But when it comes to the forgiveness that you talked about, you know, talk about the practice and the principle here, not just the practice and the abuse of power. There's a, there's a wrong way to handle God's word, which is what you were talking about. And there's a right way, just like we both agree as parents, there's a wrong way to parent crossing over a line and there's a right way. And that's what Jesus is showing with churches and how they're to discipline and bring about godly correction, loving correction to those who are knowingly disregarding God's word. How do you bring them back? And I think that's an important point to consider when we think about how Jesus teaches us to handle these situations. It's not meant to be a big public thing. You're supposed to go one-on-one, as Jesus says in Matthew 18, to show that love when someone's caused an offense, disregarded God's word, because the goal is to bring them to repentance and to bring them back to the correct word of truth. Same thing as you go through Matthew 18, really the last step effort is to bring them back to God's word. I think even in our own homes, there's, there's consequences for actions. Would we kick someone out of the house? Uh, that's going to be a different environment than with the church as well. So uh, from biblical perspective and historical perspective, I think you can look at Jesus' own words and he really gives us a clear teaching of what that's supposed to be done. Okay, Mark, you have two minutes to reply. I agree, Neil, that repentance is important and that's really at the heart of this discussion. What I can't see, though, is how kicking someone out of the church is going to help lead them to repentance. How does pushing somebody further away from the word of God help them receive what the word of God is trying to tell them? So I understand that sin must be dealt with. I I agree that Jesus says, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. But I don't see how separating somebody from the family of the church is going to accomplish that goal. Um, And the problem is, too, this, all, this can happen over just one sin. Again, where's, where's the emphasis on God's grace? Where's the emphasis on God's love? When we, when we hone in on one sin and then declare because of that, that somebody is no longer a believer. Uh, how, how can you read their heart? How can you, do, how can you make such a judgment? That, and, and doing such a thing that's going to push them out of the context of hearing that word that's going to bring them back. So why, why would we want to do such a thing? I'm not advocating that we overlook sin. I'm not advocating that we don't talk about repentance. I'm just saying, what? how does it accomplish that end to declare somebody, to give them the label of unbeliever and then kick them out of the church? How is that going to help them get closer to Christ? And on top of that, so many sins go overlooked. Neil, you know this, in, in a Christian congregation, how many sins never get addressed? I mean, just take the sin of gossiping alone. How many times do we see gossiping happen in the church? But are people being excommunicated over it? No. You know, there, there, there's a ton of list of sins that the, that the church wants to hone in on. And they want to they want to hold people accountable in those sins. But there's a whole other list that they're willing to overlook. And so that's the other problem that I have with it is it's ultimately it comes down to such a subjective thing. What are we going to pick out and criticize people about? And what are we going to overlook? And then the subjective nature of it turns into such a categorical judgment of believer or unbeliever, family of God, or excluded from the family of God in the church or out of the church. There are such hard distinctions and lines that are drawn over something so simple on the surface. I don't think that that's helping us bring people closer to Jesus. 
Okay, so this ends the first part of our debate. We've made it through two rounds where both of the speakers have had an opportunity to voice their position or their side. In the second round, Neil emphasized that the purpose of excommunication was ultimately repentance. He agreed that there were examples of abuse within the church, but he went back to Matthew chapter 18 and the Gospel of Luke in order to point out that that Christ's purpose is to restore the sinner and to lead them to repentance. Mark agreed that repentance is important, but his argument was that excommunication only pushes people away from the word, which is what they need. And he also emphasized the fact that there seems to be an emphasis on one particular sin while overlooking other sins and an aspect of subjectivity in the process. What we're going to do now in round three is we're going to give each one of the speakers then a final opportunity to summarize their points and to rebut the other side. We're going to be starting in this last round with our negative speaker. So Mark will have the first word. He has two minutes to summarize his point. Okay, so Neil, I'm gonna come back to where I began. And I think the key thought in summarizing my position is we don't want to be seen as hypocrites. You know, what, what we say and do as Christians matters, but it also matters how we're perceived. Um, and we don't want to be seen as hypocritical. What do we want to stand for as Christians? We want to stand for the work of Christ. We want to emphasize his love, his compassion, his forgiveness for sinners. Kicking people out of the church, picking out specific sins over others. Uh, playing one side and not addressing the other side, none of that's going to help emphasize Jesus at the end of the day. I mean, can you think of any situation of excommunication where ultimately the person is brought to a, a closer view of Jesus? It's always a negative re result. That's not going to communicate the gospel to us. We have to decide as Christians, what do we want to stand for? We cannot say that we emphasize the gospel and then kick people out of church. We cannot say that Jesus forgives all people and then pronounce that some people are unforgiven. This, this, this doesn't make any sense. And, it, and, it, and what it does is whether or not we intend it, it, it gives us a label to those outside the church that we are hypocritical. And as soon as we are seen in that light, it's going to detract from every message that we try to proclaim from the word of God. And so I go back to the Bible passage that says, love covers a multitude of sins. That's what God wants us to be emphasizing. You can, you can call excommunication tough love, but at the end of the day, it's a negative thing. At the end of the day, it's a fracture. It results in two opposing sides. What God wants us to do is emphasize unity of faith through the love of Christ. There is a time and a purpose for the message of repentance, but it does not involve the strict results of excommunication. Okay, Neil, you have two minutes for your closing thoughts and rebuttal. Mark, you know, getting to the practical point of it, first of all, I'm very thankful that we are agreeing on the principles of the doctrine itself of the excommunication, the need to not overlook sin. But that's where I think when you talk about the hypocrisy, I think you're stumbling over your own words here a little bit because you talk about love covering a multitude of sins. You know, Proverbs 17, he who covers the transgression seeks love, but he who repeats the matter separates friends. That's the point we're talking about here. Unrepentant sin, someone who continues to go away from what God's word says. 
you know, we talk, you talk about separating people from the gospel word of God, but ultimately someone who is unrepentant, it's separating themselves from God's word. Romans talks about that. Hebrews talks about that. Those who are forsaking gathering together, but basically as they go on to reject God's word, separate themselves from God's word and his commandments and his teachings, nullify the cross of Christ. And you mentioned the hypocrisy the hypocritical way of looking at this and the church picking this center that, but you're pointing at just the pastoral approach. You're right. We don't know everything that everyone's doing and the congregation as a whole, when the, that's what Jesus point was. If you hear your brother trespassing, you should go and try to help steer them clearly to that repentance one-on-one. And if it gets to the point where they're not going to listen to that, Jesus says, well, just don't wash your hands of them. Keep trying. If they're rejecting that word, you see examples from the apostle Paul, you see examples of Jesus where he very, very, strongly rebukes them you know in acts 26 the apostle writes open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of satan to god that they may receive forgiveness like you were talking about mark forgiveness of sins in a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me so really excommunication is all about forgiveness it's about seeking the forgiveness of the cross for a person who has been rejecting that forgiveness by living however they want to live and lots of times the People don't always know what it is. Some things are private. Some things are public. We try to handle them as they come in the best way, but it's always out of love for the soul. It's out of of love to bring them back to Christ and bring them that gospel when they're ready to hear it. Okay, that brings our debate segment to an end. What we like to do after we've had the opportunity to air our particular viewpoints or the perspective from which we are we're supposed to be presenting, uh, we get a chance to come back again and then discuss how the debate went. And one of the things I want to remind everybody once again is that Mark was on the opposite side of excommunication. He does not agree with everything that he's saying. He's just trying to present the viewpoint that we will often hear as Christians. So Mark will get a little bit of a opportunity to set the record straight maybe here as we get to the end. Mark, I'm going to give you the first opportunity to reflect on how the debate went some of the thoughts that were presented by Neil, how he responded to you. Any thoughts on how it went? So I would just reiterate that I'm not personally advocating for the positions that I talked about, but my my approach here was to throw so much at Neil that he wouldn't be able to respond to everything. I think Neil did a good job of responding with Bible passages and references. If you If you go back and listen, you'll notice I didn't really quote from Scripture. I quoted one Bible passage and I kind of spoke that out of context and, and took it out of the meaning. Neil brought in up many more. I think that that gets down to the heart of the issue is, you know, at some, at the, in this topic, you've got to come back to the truth. And the truth of the matter is God clearly says in scripture, there comes a place and a time for excommunication. And no matter what we feel about the topic, no matter how we want to characterize it, you know, I tried to, I try, I kept on characterizing it as kicking people out of the church. I was kind of hoping Neil would latch onto that and say that that's kind of a misportrayal of what it really is. But I kept, I kept attaching that negative connotation to it. We can do that if we want, but, but at the end of the day, when you come back to the truth, you, there is no getting around the fact that God calls us to excommunicate. And that's what I never did. De- I was never able to deal with those passages directly. And if the de- if the debate would have continued, Neil would have been able to pin me down into a corner on the Bible passages because there's no getting around it. You got to come back to the truth on it. We can subjectively feel however we want to about this topic. We know how the world portrays it. It's going to be in a negative light. 
but that doesn't get away from what the truth actually is. So I thought Neil did a good job of keeping it focused on scripture. There were, you know, in two minutes, there was no way he was going to be able to respond to all the points that I raised in, in detail, but he went back to what he needed to go back to. And that's the word of God. And, and ultimately that was the one thing that I did not have on my side. I had, I had all these logical arguments in my mind. I could characterize the, the conundrum for, for Christians who want to emphasize the gospel. It was all a matter of logic and rhetoric. It, it wasn't founded on God's word. And so that's ultimately what it, what it has to come back to. Neil, what were your thoughts on the way in which Mark approached you with this particular topic? I knew Mark was going to do a really good job with this. And what he did was very real because people make these things so emotional and have so many questions that one of the things I hope that you realize I was trying to do was keep coming back to what our common ground was. You know, the first time you agreed that godly discipline is a good thing. Okay, so what extent that is, you know, excommunication, you didn't say that it was not necessary. You just, you talked so much about the abuse of it. And so again, we could have spent a lot of time on that. So, I mean, the three areas I want to talk about was biblically, historically, and then practically. And you had so many questions for all those things. And I really found it a tough time to try to answer those things. You know, I, I want to come back to this. Okay, these are all good questions. Let's find more time. We don't have time this conversation. That's usually the way it is in our fast-paced life to not have the time to discuss it and so it was my goal that there was a lot more verses I would have liked to bring up I definitely want to get back to you know Jesus own instruction of this in Matthew 18 wouldn't have had time to read through the whole thing or even unpack all that completely but you know the tough part was just showing that you know what a congregation tries to deal with is minimal because it only knows so much and what we do privately is way more important. You know, in picking and choosing different sins, some sins are a lot more public than others. You mentioned gossip. I would love to talk more about that. The way we address that here in this congregation is we talk about it in sermons and Bible studies and one-on-one. Um, certainly, that's going to be a tough sin to address too. But I think overall, I really appreciate your approach and asking so many questions and then really trying to remember all right, let's get to the heart of some of these questions more specifically. It's very challenging to do. But like you said, there's so much scripture to talk about with this. And ultimately, when you talked about the, the God's grace and coming back to forgiveness, that's the best point with this particular subject is that it is all about love. It's all about those awkward and difficult conversations that even non-Christians have with family members about doing what's right and what's wrong. Uh, and that's the best part about what God's words does for us. It tells us not only what, right and wrong is very clearly so it doesn't have to be a judgment from us or against us but it tells us how to carry out that love in a in a non-gossip peaceful loving way and i just want to say too i've had to be a part of excommunications they're my least favorite thing to do but they're the most necessary thing to do to, to, to help lead a soul back to their savior and the need to repent and look to him for forgiveness and mercy one of my favorite passages related to excommunication is the one that closes out the book of James. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who that let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way saves a soul from death and covers a multitude of sins. And it was interesting because the way that Mark Mark did a really good job of really hitting all of the different arguments that you hear regarding excommunication. And I think one of the things that's so important with excommunication is pointing out to people that excommunication is an act of God's love for the sinner. 
just like that James passage points out, because the individual by their sin, repentance, you guys both agreed, you know, repentance was the issue. Without repentance and through sin, we separate ourselves from God. And so the whole purpose is to lead us back to that very truth. I was just going to add a thought too on the, the nature of the separation is key. I kept portraying it as the church is separating from the sinner by kicking them out, but that's not what it is. Isaiah 59 verse two says, your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So I thought that that came up at the end, but I think that's an important point to emphasize is the separation has already occurred because of the sin. And, and, and in, in the analogy that Neil brought up of the family, the parent disciplining the child, me portraying it as the parent kicking the child out of the house is not appropriate to the situation. That doesn't fit. What it really is, is the child leaves the house and the parent appeals for them to come back. That's what excommunication really is, because the sin has already separated them from the family of God. The sin has already cut them off. And it's the unrepentance that continues to to build that divide. The church's appeal is an appeal of love. It's an appeal of mercy that come back. And, and this, this is what is at stake. Um, and, it's, and it's very akin in that sense to God's judgment. At some point in God's judgment, he will give people what they want. Not because it's his desire that they, that they turn from him, but because he will, he will use that as a last ditch effort to wake them up out of that sin. And that's what excommunication is. It's giving, it's giving the person what they've already built for themselves in that sense. They've, that separation has already occurred. And I think that's key to understanding the process involved. Well, that takes you right back to what Paul says in First Corinthians, where he says, deliver such a one over to Satan. You know, that, that separation, like you're talking about, Mark, has already taken place, and it's, it's severe. But the whole purpose of excommunication is to show just how dangerous that person, you know, where that person is because of their sin. I was just going to say, you know, it, it is very discouraging to think about all the sins that the, the one comment Mark really made that really just pricks my conscience so much just knowing that there's so much going on that we are not aware of as pastors and then the job as pastors or like the perception is that they're the ones who should be handling all this and that's not what Matthew 18 prescribes at all all Christians who hear about these things are supposed to go and talk to the person one-on-one first and then if that goes very poorly as a brother or sister in Christ then there's more steps to take out of love for them and it's not just a one and done you know Mark did a good job because it made it sound like you just kick them out as soon as they're sinning. And I know he doesn't believe that, but that's the impression that can be given. And that it's really, it's a whole congregational thing, not just the pastor's job or certain Christians job. It's all of us to reach out to these souls in love and try to steer them to the truth and know that we need that ourselves too. We're caught up in any particular sin. We need to be shown that tough and encouraging love. And I think that's an important point to make also. In our church constitutions, for those who actually read their church constitutions, uh, the church constitution actually has in there, and, and this is something that many of us will give to new members when they join our church, but it has a section in there that says, I, I want myself to be fraternally admonished when I sin. You know, that's something that we should, like you pointed out, Neil, that's something that we should desire of our fellow believers, that they care about us enough to reach out to us and to lead us back when we 
begin to fall astray. That's what and we that, should look for in a church. Exactly. Yeah. If a church does not want to do that, if it's not in their constitution, you should say, this is not the place where I want to be. They don't care about me enough to do this and promise to do this for me. And as you pointed out, it's a struggle and we don't always do that as we should, but it's a reminder that there, here's another example of where the Lord calls us to, uh, to follow his will in, in whatever way that we can individually and as a congregation. If you have more questions on this, you really do need to ask your pastor. If you don't have a congregation, look for one that practices church discipline. That should be very high up on your list if you're church shopping or what you're looking for. Um, that should be on your shopping list for sure. So I'm sure that everyone's got more questions. I have more questions about how this is handled and how we don't abuse this power. But if you don't talk about it, if you don't study it, if you don't look for all the verses that talk about this, so many examples in the New Testament and even in the Old Testament too, if congregational discipline look for, look for it it's there and you'll see uh just how the lord wants to continue to keep his children close to him and that love that and following him well thank you both for taking the time to take up another difficult topic in our debate series i know that a lot of people who have listened to this they they do enjoy this although they're a little bit troubled at uh, at the beginning when they hear you guys or, or one of us going at it and thinking, wait, I didn't think this guy thought this way. Uh, so it's good that we, we want to make sure that everybody realizes we're all on the same page. We're just using this as a way to help sharpen, sharpen our ability to communicate these truths to those who don't see it from the same perspective or don't, or disagree with what scripture says. So thank you both for being with us on this podcast. Thank you, our listeners for joining us once again this week. we we'll look forward to seeing you again next time. We hope that you will join us next week for another episode of Burden and Blessing Podcast. Our goal is always to bring you the whole counsel of God. Until next time, go in the strength of the Lord and preach the word.